I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no, did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. Oops, the podcast is what we are, and I'm Francis, and he's Julio Gallarati. G, how are you? Good, man. How you doing? Oh, uh, how about that intro? That was a good one, right? Love it. Love yeah. it. Uh, we are joined by an illustrious guest today. Uh, you may know him from his new album, Jay Jordan Y'all, <laughs> eponymously named. He was also he's also done uh, the Late Show or the Tonight Show, excuse me, with. Jimmy Fallon, he was featured as one of the uh, Just for Laughs uh, black faces this past summer. <laughs> no. uh, please welcome Jay Jordan, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. I was uh, in Canada. I saw a lot of foreskin. They still got it up there. You guys know oh. that? Oh, yeah. Gosh. Is oh, it yeah. true? Yeah. They're not shaving it, huh? No, no, no. It's like um, that strictly continental U.S. type energy. When it you know, it's to... funny because the Canadians still have uh, the British royalty on their currency. And I don't really understand that either. It appears that they take a lot from, from Britain and from Europe <laughs> in general. Uh, <laughs> how are you? Jay, I'm well. I'm well. You're in a very artful a place where are you located right now i'm in harlem at my house i'm in new york in my apartment rather and uh, mm. just kind of dealing with it all and you know honkering down during the pandemic fantastic you live you, with people yeah i live with my boyfriend so he curated the wall well i picked out a few of the pieces but he's responsible for like things going up he put up we put up two pieces today that we rearranged. Like we got a huge new mirror uh, for sex. No, it's for his work desk. And then <laughs> he, which is also sex. Uh, and because it, it pays the bills in this house. And then he uh, moved two nudes that we have over the couch. Tasteful nudes. Really, I love it. Love a good wow. tasteful nude. Yeah. Now, Jay, when, when a, a queer couple starts to decorate, can that yes. lead to a power struggle? Well, no, because since I'm bi, I just get to go do what you want. Oh, okay. So you just <laughs> defer. You you become a straight man in that instance. Yeah. Oh, I definitely, I definitely wear a camel face, as it were. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I just go, baby, whatever you want. Like these pieces. Okay. There's like a piece of mystery. There's like a. Oh, I feel so bad. I don't know this artist, and people ask about it all the time. There's a pop art piece where it's Mr. Fantastic holding a, a used condom, and it's Spider Man yeah. grabbing his junk. I can see it. My boyfriend. Yeah got those as a surprise gift for me because I love comic books, but he was like, but it has to be gay. And so like, that's like a compromise. I'll be like, what about this? He's like, yes, but. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Um, Gee, do you know Jay? Have you guys met before? Yeah, we met a couple of times. Yeah, this we met in passing at the stand at the show. At yeah. the, at the sold, at all the sold out shows, two of them. Yes. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, very cool. So Jay, uh, we're, you know, six or seven odd weeks into this and, um, 
you know, we don't want to spend too much time on Corona stuff, but what, one of the questions um, that I, well, Julio actually sort of mentioned it and I'm going to steal it from him is you are a former personal trainer of Equinox fame. No, not Equinox. I was at a much gayer gym. The only gayer gym. I was at David Barton. Oh, shit. Oh. I used David to go Barton. to David Barton. David mm. Barton. Which one? The one in Astor Place. Oh, you went to the one I worked, the one with the disco ball. The yeah. gayest gym in all of New York, which is a very high bar or a very low bar. Do you understand? <laughs> it, it was fucking awesome. It was the glorified sex club with a few ellipticals. Like, that's all it was. Wow. Yeah, man. The color schemes. It was, like, dark colors, like, very aggressive gay men everywhere. It was, it was a fucking party, yeah. dude. You probably, I mean, the cool thing about being straight but being comfortable is you get hit on, and then you go, not for me, and then you go, but I do want to look like you. Can I, like, pop <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, can I, like, are you going to use incline the rest? Okay, cool, cool, cool. Could we work it? Great. Oh, yeah. We're in a domestic <laughs> partnership for the rest of this set, I guess. What's up, baby? Can you, exactly. can you tell if someone is gay based on how toned or the, the way that their body is toned? It's a few telltale signs when you go into a gym if someone is gay, uh, if a man is gay. If a woman's gay, that's like a whole, it depends on how much attention she wants. There's a lot. Yeah, but I don't really want to talk about, I don't want to talk about women. <laughs> if a, <laughs> he's smart. Even though March was Women's History Month, you can act up now. If a guy has on like a stringer tank, like a tiny spaghetti strap stringer tank, that's like a racer uh, kind of setup in the back too. He's either a really like into the bodybuilding guy or he's gay. Uh, short length has gotten tougher to distinguish because guys discovered like the five inch Lululemons and they <laughs> fell in love with them. Mm. Like it, if the first straight guys wore the seven inch inseam Lululemons and then straight guys were like, I really like the five inch inseam Lululemons. So then gay guys had to go to the three inch inseam oh, Lululemons. So it was like, it, I mean, it really, it was, a, it was the cold war of shorts basically. <laughs> we thought, <laughs> We thought we had something, and then it kept escalating. That is funny. So I can, I can usually tell based on short length, based on the tank top, and like if they blew me in the steam room. Those three mm. things will let me know. <laughs> I can kind of like get a hint. Love it, uh, Jay. How have you been passing the time? I mean, well, actually, let's let's stay on fitness. You know, uh, okay, how are yeah. you maintaining your physique? What's your regimen? Oh, uh, so I'm gonna give you real answers. I have a kind of an outdoor, not like a corridor um, that has um, a pull-up bar. I can kind of see it. It's a pull-up bar and a bench. And I have a kettlebell and three resistance band, three like levels of resistance bands with handles. So I can do a lot of things. And then the rest of the stuff is just body weight. So a lot of uh, calisthenics. I'm doing pull-ups in like an unfinished concrete courtyard. So I just look like an extra in a Rough Riders video. I just look like <laughs> I should be behind DMX and Jadakiss. Like, you know, like I just, I'm ve- it's very bare bones. So I'm doing that. Um, Ab work can happen at home. And then 
a lot of push-ups. No one's bench is going to get better during this. Guys, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, fill in the blanks here. If I were in a concert right now and I said, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, I'd then turn the microphone to all of you sitting in the stadium and you would all yell, anchor, anchor. And then you'd say, go to anchor.fm to download the software where you could host your very own podcast, see all the best analytics. You could see it in a way that was really user-friendly and nice and not too technical and industry jargony. It's a way that any person can look at it and be like, ooh, that's pretty. And also it's our podcast. And you, there's no minimum listenership required to advertise and monetize. So you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running. It's really exciting, really spectacular. If you want to start your very own podcast, anchor.fm, download it now. I trained a lot of women whenever I was at David Barton. Women want a, a male trainer. A lot of women want a male trainer that they feel comfortable around because there's a bit of intimidation and negative female versus female energy sometimes. But then they also want maybe not the fully fleshed out fantasy of like, oh, well, my trainer's stretching me out and then we might even do some exercises type of energy too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That whole thing's a little obsolete, I feel. Like, you don't want your trainer to be, a, like, a creep. Oh, well, it's, mm, as I can speak from experience, there are two instances where, like, I hooked up with a person and then they asked me to train them. And so I didn't feel like a creep because the hookups happened before. Yeah. Right, totally. <laughs> I think that's but, fine. I mean, it always gets to a very interesting place because it's a bodies on bodies, a lot of touching, a lot of contact. Mm. I I had a personal trainer when I was in high school who, uh, like, you know, in Maine. So I think we were paying him 20 bucks an hour. And (laughs) you know what I mean? We're going to Planet Fitness and he like, we would sneak in and uh, he he like one day he told me out of the blue that he had just found out that he was a father and that the child was like six months old when he found out and he showed me a picture and he was like yeah you want to meet him and i was like dude i i I can't process any of what you're saying like i looked up to you and now you're telling like and he was telling me how much he hated the, the the woman, but the woman was a woman he had trained, and then they had sex. She got pregnant, had the wow. baby, didn't tell him, like went through the whole pregnancy, all that, and then was like six months after the child was born, like started hitting him up for child. Six months support. afterwards, because she was like, "I need to get rid of this baby weight, homie." Yeah, um. <laughs> savage. <laughs> um, Jay. Are you, uh, what are you doing now for work? Oh, um, I was pretty fortunate in the sense that like I saved up a lot for my college tour. And then I had a few projects that kind of stopped right before I did a zoom college show. And because the money was already allocated, they had to pay me for a zoom show full rate. (laughs) With a, at a wonderful school, University of Wyoming, go Broncos, we love Laramie, um, but like that happened, and I was pretty cool about that. Um, working, there's a lot of like digital stuff that people are asking for, so I'm trying to um, filter and do those requests as quickly as possible, and kind of also see what's worth and what's not, but it's gonna, I mean, it's dry right now, like I had stuff that I'm happy I saved, but it's 
I mean, it's, it's very slow. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's good that you had the, I mean, I've never even heard of something like that. So for the, so did you have to do an hour of, on the Zoom show? Yeah. So I did an hour and what I made sure of is I did 40, I did 45. And then I said, because there was a bit of delay, I said, at this point, start typing anything you want me to ask or any questions you have. And so then I'll go through all of those questions for the last 15. And they were fun. Like they had comments kind of during, uh, whenever you do anything Zoom related with comedy for me now, I want their microphones on unless there's like, uh, unless like it's super noisy because you want to hear at least a tiny bit of a laugh. You want to, just from a sequencing standpoint, from a time and you want to go, okay, we're here. Like this is the ebb and flow of the set. So it doesn't feel completely schizophrenic, but it was fine. It's not ideal. Like any virtual comedy feels like turkey bacon. Just, right. Yeah, well said. Yeah. Do you even do you even do your set? Do you change it? Because I have to yeah. do it Friday. I'm nervous. I what I always say is do your set, but then have it so loose that you can get into and out of if you want to treat it like a podcast, if you want to treat it like an interview, if you want to riff a little at one point and i would never do this on a show the host came back and i was like let's talk for a second we ain't got nothing else to do and they're like yeah let's talk like <laughs> you you're basically at your house and so anyone who francis actually talked about this once he said like when people do morning show stuff if they have material that organically can come up uh in the interview process like go balls to walls but if you're kind of stiff and just very much hitting play on your set like it just feels so inorganic and a waste of time via this medium totally mm-hmm. 100%. uh I, i'm i'm struggling to get my mind around this the the university of wyoming hired you to do a zoom set and then but they hired me to do a show oh right and because they allocate because spring spring money for colleges was handled and kind of like finished in January, right, right. if not December. They're like, this is how much money we have for this thing. And so they can't, I mean, they are, and we'd already signed the offer. So That's awesome. they but, just, they had to pay me. <laughs> so my question is, were there, you know, 50 students in tiny, tiny little squares watching you? Yeah, so it was, it was like, it went from like 20 to 50, and they were watching, or just like their profile was there, and their audio was on, I mean, cool. but the fun part is that like, (laughs) they, if they wanted to say anything in real time, they could, and it it doesn't feel heckly, like you Mm -hmm. just, because it doesn't interrupt you talking, you say it so and then yeah you just end up being like oh i can address this now too did kids but did they did they speak up while you were telling jokes i think even on zoom that would bother me uh yeah but if they said anything because like you want to get to your hour you're like i can address this and get back into my material like i'm not worried we, because we, like in a show, you derail the show, momentum is lost, but the the momentum is completely different this mm. way. So you can be like, what? Yeah. Oh, I asked them, they were asking me 
I have like two Wyoming jokes. They're like, I can like kind of retrofit and make, I can make it about any state, but I made it for Wyoming. And they were like, oh, but I mean, like, how do you feel in New York? I was like, I feel pretty safe in New York. I, mm. I mean, you guys don't have the best history with good people. Uh, and then they were like, but we only have six cases of COVID-19. I was like, you know what? You got me there. You guys, yeah. are, right. You guys are right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's also 12 people in the entire state. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> 50% infection rate. Oh, no, that's horrible. Yeah. Uh, Wyoming is big on meth, right? Uh, they're big on meth, but they, they're also like very big on their wildlife. They kept mm. telling me the animals they had it like it went from like like we have moose we have well we have bison we have moose we have elk we have bears we have cougars and i was like i've been to a gay bar it's fine like you don't to do why do we categorize ourselves like this yeah also what were they was this a second grader like what who names all the animals they know you know what i mean it's like you're walking into a classroom (laughs) <laughs> they they told me to look uh when i found out that they had bison i was like just around and they're like i mean so they've had a resurgence and they're like look at our state flag and i was like i'm from mississippi don't look at our state flag <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's really gee, one of the you, most it's one of the most beautiful places i've ever been is that what you're gonna ask i was gonna ask if you've been to, yeah if you've been there to yeah i went to yellowstone one time on a road trip it was fucking amazing it's awesome i yeah. thought you were talking about mississippi and i was gonna uh, say no I have. Uh, it's, it's pretty in spots like the airport and the view from like the plane when you're getting out of there. <laughs> Pristine. Yeah, dude. Wyoming. <laughs> Wyoming is stunning. Uh, I've skied in Jackson Hole, and then also I've done like um, we drove out there when I was a kid, and we drove through Wyoming and Montana, and then whitewater rafted. Down. We went. We went to Yellowstone, but then we also whitewater rafted down the salmon river in idaho wow. and we would see like bobcats and mountain lions and all kinds you know elk incredible everything. it was really cool. i'm like a yeah. i'm like a big old animal nerd so that's also the best way to like get my, to derail my set is you if you mention anything about animals i'm like oh what what <laughs> like so the thing that like really got me is they said they have like uh antelope like they have pronghorn antelope which are like the second fastest animals in the world and they're like in the u.s and people don't know about them and i was like you can like pronghorn antelope and they're like well i'm like like home 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 on the range like the song talks about antelope and they're like, you don't have antelope in the u.s i'm like yes we do where the deer the and the antelope play antelope. yeah seldom yes. heard a discouraging word and the skies are not cloudy all day yeah i mean <laughs> yes it's part of our americana and people don't know that i'm upset i'm actually getting mad now (laughs) let them know man hey jay tell us about uh when you did fallon i just want to i just have so many questions about that um we had it was we've had a couple guests on the on the pod who have who have done fallon sets but you that was your first late night set you yeah. know, you, you crushed it. It was like, I watched it with you at Stand Up New York that night. Yeah. Um, it was so much fun. And, and, and tell us about Jimmy. Was he, was he boozing? I know he's a notorious oh. lush. Oh, these are things you find out about Jimmy Fallon when you meet him. He's real life tall. A lot of people are TV tall. 
he's real life tall, not super tall, not six four. He's he's six two, six one. He's not. It's not a game. Um, very friendly. He came. It was a super special day. Uh, so I'll talk about the lead up to it, and then what happened on the day that I've never. I really don't discuss it because it's like an inside thing. So I found out I was going to be able, I found out, I didn't think I was going to get to do the show. Michael Cox, the booker, he told everyone that was at JFL, he was like, I love everyone's stuff. If you, I mean, you know, you, I could see a lot of potential in this group. I like a lot of people's stuff, but we're probably not going to have anyone from this group on Fallon 2019 because of the way that the NBC contract with the NFL is set up. We're trying to do a little bit more social media outreach. So we're just, we're gonna, 2020 though, you guys will be, it'll be you guys this year, a little bit, you know. Um, so then I go do like a lot of my college shows. I do one show in the Midwest and I wanna say I'm in Indiana and I get a, a text that's like, are you free? It's like Tuesday, the 22nd of October. And I go, yeah. And then my uh, agent goes, okay, just keep that open. And in my head, I'm thinking, okay, Comedy Central. Oh, it's Comedy Central. It's Comedy Central. I just had a really good like email with Gab from Comedy Central. It's, I'm doing something for Comedy Central. And then <laughs> the next week, uh my agent at APA Megan she was like all right are you like sitting down and I was like yeah I was in a hotel room like a hotel room that has like a view of the pool but the pool's inside it was just like <laughs> very middle America yeah. you know what I'm saying yeah. <laughs> like a lot of carpet everywhere even close to the pool like that mm -hmm. kind of energy yeah she says you're doing the tonight show on the 22nd and I like am in a room with two beds and I literally like got off of the bed I was sitting on, like, went to the other bed, sat down. Like, I, it was like, <laughs> I was like, what do I do with this news or this energy? And I was by myself. I was in a rental car. And she told me to resend a transcript that I had sent to Michael in July. Well, no, so August it would have been after JFL. And then she was like, it's the 22nd. And I had, like, 13 days. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, and so I like did my like little celebratory call list. I called everyone close to me. Like I called my, called my boyfriend, I called my mom and then I called my manager. And then I think I called like my high school, not my high school, my college mentor. And that was it. And you can't even celebrate because you're in a rental car and you're in the middle of nowhere. I like went to Chipotle. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, guac, I got it, girl, let's go. Uh, <laughs> and so the next week, I'm like, kind of very, I'm very busy. I had four college shows in five days. And I, then the next weekend, I get back to New York. So I have Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday to run the set as much as I can in New York. And I run like four times on Saturday, three times on Sunday, once at the cellar at Fat Black on Monday. And I have to send each one of those recordings to the booker and get notes and like cut, not really too much internal edits, just like cut one thing for time. And then it, Tuesday happens. And you go, I like, I got a new jacket. Like uh, my boyfriend surprised me with like some Givenchy sneakers. Like it was like, 
nice and you get there like at 3 30 and if you're the comic you don't go until around like six so i walked in and it's like it's some of the best treatment i've ever received they had like two dressing rooms one for like quiet and one where everyone could like go and a monitor and like party and food and so kind of after you do your rehearsal and you hear the crew laugh you go okay oh okay that's that okay cool oh yeah this is good i've this is good i'm here and then can i pause you i have a quick question let me pause you for one second does the crew does the crew laugh because Jimmy Fallon has told them to do that because he's like the most supportive, lappy person of all time? No, they do it because if it's like your debut and they've never heard of you, they like all come out and like, they're like, oh, I cool. want to see what this, like, what this is going to do. That's cool. Because they're like, it's the one, th- they're like, oh, this is like, this is an X factor. We don't, right. yeah. <laughs> and it could even be like a morbid curiosity of like, let's see what this is about right (laughs) and so like when they laughed i was like okay and then i like go to wash my hands and black thought from the roots he sees me about to wash my hands he tells me to lean back from the sink so don't get my pants wet on national television i was like thank you so much black thought yeah and then like i met jimmy and the big secret of the recording that i was on was all of my stuff was gonna be live it was um it was Jessica Biel who was promoting uh, the Sidner yeah. on USA. And then it was um, uh, Billy Crudup who was promoting Morning Show, which I just watched and he did an amazing job in. But the secret was that Lorne Michaels was there and Adam Sandler was there because Lorne Michaels was there to see Tim Meadows who was doing uh, Seth Meyers upstairs. Adam Sandler was there promoting Uncut Gems, so then Lauren Michaels wanted to see him. And I didn't even know this, but Lauren Michaels and Adam Sandler both saw my set. And so you meet Jimmy, and then a lot, like after the second segment, you're it. It's like two guests, then like a little thing, then you. And so you walk backstage and the producer like basically shows you the blue curtain you're going to come out from and you did it in rehearsal, but it's so much different because you hear Jimmy talking about you to the crowd of people that are kind of tourists and they like scream when you come out. It's like a wall of sound to the point where like my first words, I'm like, okay, like, let me do my jokes. And it went really well. I had like one little aside to the roots because you can hear them laugh very like very loud because they're to your left and so i have a tag about mary j blige that i put in my set like a few months before and it was doing very well with like if there were ever black people in the crowd and i heard them keep laughing and they kept laughing while i'm trying to get through my set and instead of telling them stop i just pointed so that people would know like that's what was going on and then it went really, and then like uh it went fun i hit all the marks i wanted to and then like you get to sit down with him. Uh, a lot of people get the couch invite now, but you get to sit down with him and promote your project. And he talked to me and he was super sweet backstage and on there. I'd like told him when it was, uh, when I was on stage with him, I said, you're like the person that helped me train my falsetto, like idiot boyfriend. Like I would just sing that. Like I'm an idiot and I'm your boyfriend. Like that song <laughs> that he had when he was like kind of a comedy pop star. Well, he could do no wrong. 
I was like, that trained my falsetto. He was like, oh, man. He's like, we got to have you back. I said, you're in charge of that, not me. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great story. Then that same night, that same night, I did a show (laughs) at Caroline's because I didn't want to, like, renege on that gig. (laughs) I did, like, a benefit show for, like, kids with, uh, I think with, like, cancer and like mark norman like made fun of one of the kids <laughs> it was just like, <laughs> so funny and then i had dinner uh with my team and my boyfriend and then i watched it at stand up new york but like adam sandler after my set came up to me he's like that's how you do it he's like that's a 10 i was like what and so i Whoa. never tell people that because they won't believe me but he was filming his episode because when they were going to air it was Jimmy was going to be at the University of Texas in Austin. So Adam Sandler was there to like film his bits before to film his like little section. And he complimented my set. And I was like, holy shit. That's pretty dope, dude. Awesome. That doesn't sound like it could have gone any better, honestly. Oh, it's, yeah, my, it's all downhill from here. It, honestly, uh, this interview has picked it back up, but it's been a downward spiral ever since. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, I'm glad that we could stop the downward momentum for you. Yeah. Um, Jay, uh, you've got a new album out. I do. Jay Jordan, y'all. This is your first. It's your first album. I like hearing you say that. I like you as a very, very Yankee person saying y'all. Yes. (laughs) Jay Jordan, y'all, is out now on iTunes, Spotify, I presume, uh, uh, everywhere that you yeah. can listen to music. Or everywhere. Albums. Yeah. Yeah. If you call me, I will do the full 48 minutes on your phone. <laughs> $9.99. I will do that. <laughs> let, me, let me ask you this. You know, a lot of comedians are putting out albums. Uh, and it, it, it's something where I feel like either I'm, I'm wrong in thinking that albums kind of went away for a bit and now are making a comeback or were they just there all along and like more i'm aware of more comedians doing them now i think it's a yes to both but varying degrees i think albums are always there but we saw like the expansion and kind of popularization of people just putting out the audio of their special instead of saying i want to do an album album because before everyone could before there was like enough space uh special wise people had to put out albums and then when like the market exploded and every place could potentially give you an hour or 30 minutes then albums kind of went the way of the dodo or they became an afterthought and so for a lot of younger comics now albums are a really cool way to say i want to put out long form material and it's not necessarily a special and like with my album i only sold them the audio rights so if i want to do any of that material on a special anything that i really love from that i can still do it on tv or on like a streaming platform so i I liked it i was offered uh it's like to me a comedy album is like grad school like someone should want you to do it (laughs) you know what Mm -hmm. i mean so that's like another thing like i was offered and like had a really good opportunity with comedy dynamics um and i had like i had the material i also had the messaging i wanted to get out i kind of had a fun through line i wanted to handle and i also knew that 
I've been working on that that a, the, an hour plus so much that there was no way that I wouldn't be happy with it. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it's all stuff I still stand by, no matter what. And it feels like it's from a different time because of what's going on right now, but I still stand by all that shit. There's, I don't think there's going to be a point in my career because I listened to it so much and I edited a lot of it. There's not going to be a point where I'm like, oh, I'm, I don't like that joke. I'll be like, oh, I got a few better ones or some newer shit, but I, I love mm-hmm. all of my babies on that album. Gee, have you ever done an album? I haven't, no. Um, and, you know, like Jay said, I think it's one of those things that if if the opportunity were to come, like I'm not, I'm not really rushing to do one unless it seems like there's some good opportunity to do it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because yeah. you, you guys spend like a couple grand on the album and then you guys spend a couple, I mean, you guys spend a couple grand on promotion. It's like mm-hmm. not... Right. You see, you maybe break even if you saw two shows because you still got to pay for like all the other stuff or like you get an advance and they tell you you got to pay it back. And then you have to come up with a promotional strategy. You have to come up with like basically the minute you're done with the album, then you start kind of being like, oh, when I get these tracks back, this is how I edit. And this like my release date could have been any point. And I'm glad it was late enough in quarantine that people had adjusted and not at the beginning of quarantine when people right. were like, I don't want to buy anything. What's yeah. going on? I'm about, I got to buy hand sanitizer. Right. I got my gloves. I can't waste money on an album. <laughs> totally. What about you, Francis? Yeah, no, I, 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 uh, I haven't done an album. You know, I, I, I don't have, I shot that special at Barstool. Yeah. Um, and that was like 52 minutes. And it was basically all the best stuff I'd ever come up with in my life. Yeah, because I tell people it took me 29 years to come up. It took me yeah. like, I don't say 32 because I don't want them to know, but I'll be like, it took me like, <laughs> 20, it took me like 29 years to come up with that. I was my yeah. baby. Right. And, and then that was only last May. That was like uh, almost a year ago that I did that. So I don't, I certainly, I mean, I, I was coming up with a new hour, but I, I wasn't there yet before all this started so now it's gonna be a while oh but that's good I yeah think yeah i'm not worried i love seeing people like piece by piece build something i never it's like a this a weird like you can tell some someone like upstairs in comedy middle management is like what if we convince them that they have to have a new hour every six months yeah. instead of it being good. And, you, and then it like trickled its way down. And it was like, I'm working on all this new stuff. And I'm like, what about the stuff that ain't good yet? What yeah. you doing with that? They're like, oh, but I right. need like, I'm like, dog, young. Okay. Right. All right. Totally. Well, yeah, it's, it's like, why not build it instead of just like getting it to 40% and moving on? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. And people will say that like uh there's a famous chris chris rock quote where he's like it's he's like they're called specials for a reason and it's a lot of regulars out there Mm. (laughs) yeah um here's a question yes you are black yeah and you are queer yeah oh yeah extremely handsome you are you've 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 also been on hbo you've done a high high with fuck high maintenance maintenance, sorry yeah sex scene great yeah you've done all kinds of cool stuff you're so castable you're so likable is there 
ever a part of you that acknowledges or feels like your race and your sexual orientation have gotten you indoors that oh one might, you might not like are you getting advantages and then do you feel do you not like that or do you not care Ooh, that, me and Broussard talk about this. So I have uh, a couple of thoughts about it. So from a casting standpoint, I love it. Because what happens is I'll be like, yeah, I'm getting this opportunity. And then I walk in and I'm like, oh, wait a second. Who are all these other handsome black men? Because uh -huh. the email said that it was just me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it can definitely give me an audition. Like my face, uh, my queerness can help me maybe get an audition. I've never thought that I've booked anything that wasn't already going to go to me because of funny or like acting chops. Like yeah. um, I, this sucks to say, I like know people that are queer and that are a minority. And listen, if I was disabled, maybe then I could get everything I want. But <laughs> I'm, I'm nearsighted and I'm left-handed. And that's as close as it gets. There are certain comedians that, and this is just, this is um, art. Art is subjective. That want to be known from a personality standpoint for how different they are. And I love how different I am. But my primary uh, accolade, if I have my druthers, is an amazing, I want to be a great joke writer. Mm -hmm. Like, I want people to go, oh, he's black, I'm going to get a lot of performance energy, he's queer, I'm going to get a lot of sass, and then for them to hear my material and go, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. time out. He's a good joke writer. Mm -hmm. This was unexpected. Th th wait, time out. That's, okay. Like yeah. when a 40 year old, like kind of boring, very plain couple from one of those states shaped like a square comes up to me after a show and it's like, I love your stuff. And I was like, okay, mm -hmm. great. They're like, we where can we see you? I was like, well, where are you guys staying? And I'm like, let me guess, Midtown? Okay, so um, <laughs> you can see me at these places. I like being a good joke writer. So I feel like I can get People will be interested sometimes because they'll be like, oh, let me see if he checks off these boxes. And then they'll hear my stuff and be like, oh, he's better than these boxes. So I acknowledge it. Also, I have like pretty privilege. Like that's like a real thing. It's mm -hmm. very, I'm, I acknowledge it. I love it. I need it. So if someone was like, oh, you know, Jay wouldn't have been cast as a sex worker if he wasn't hot. Of course not, dummy. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Yeah. Can you just let me be a hoe for like <laughs> a little bit? Yeah. <laughs> You're not going out for Lieutenant Dan. Yeah. Who's the? Ex yeah. Yeah. I'm the after picture, not the before. Don't get mad. It's yeah. two jobs. Right. <laughs> yeah. Is there any sort of like underlying sort of like competition between queer comedians that like? other people wouldn't be Ooh, aware oh, of yeah oh geez asking the good stuff see <laughs> yeah i had a good one right before him don't take that away from <laughs> me i got francis, us started on this train francis's question was amazing but g is getting to what we call in the community the t fine so, whatever um, <laughs> and and by t i do mean crystal meth so um <laughs> 
there's like a weird combination of what do you want out of your career? Because some people are very aware of like uh, consumption. Like, let's say I do, I do this podcast. Someone is like, are you comfortable doing that podcast with like two straight guys? And I'm like, I cannot only serve people that already know and like me. Like mm-hmm. you guys already know and like me. But the idea that every room, every venue, every podcast, every publication should already be a friend of yours is self-serving, but also self-limiting. I love uh, comedic anonymity. So there's this weird kind of like friction between people that think we should only perform and give our services to queer spaces and queer people and people like me who are like, no, 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 this shit is for everyone, okay? I grew up with everybody. I'm going to perform for everybody. My family is everybody. My my best friends are everybody. I can't... So, like, the competition is, like, in that aspect, because then some people are like, well, what are you doing performing at that place? I'm like, because they paid me. And they're like, wait a second, you get paid to do comedy? I'm like, see, that's why you do shows in Manhattan. Mm -hmm. And then there's another... There's like another internal competition where it's like, oh, that, oh, they already put a gay person on that thing. Hmm, let me check and see if they put a black person. Like mm-hmm. you go, have they, have they as like a company or as an entity been like, well, we checked that box off. We don't need, another. it's the equivalent of like, sometimes you see a lineup and you'd be like, I know you guys feel this. You'd be like, oh, fuck. It's three straight guys on here already. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, and then Francis is like, but they're short. <laughs> they're <laughs> poor. You know what I mean? <laughs> Listen, that's what I meant. You got yeah. it. You, yeah. Jay, I, have I like think a, a separate language. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's there's something really interesting in that, which is you know if you talk about like college gigs and NACA as an yeah. example, and NACA is the North American College. I think, yeah, it's the North American Collegiate uh, Association or like... Yeah, yeah. So, so for people who don't know, NACA is this like organization where you basically have to audition to prove that you are uh, eligible to be given work by them. They're like, yeah. the, right? They're the governing board, but you have to perform very clean. I mean, you go but ahead and tell us about it. Yeah. You, you, uh, you send an audition tape in December and this is the way it worked out two years ago. You send, this is how I got all my college gigs. You send an audition tape in December, um, and then let's say you get a yes, or you send it in the fall, and then you get a yes in December, and then you can send another tape of like what you're actually gonna do. And then you have to pay, you have to pay like $1,400. You pay like $1,400, you go to the convention, and then you audition for like a, a bunch of schools. I wanna say like, close to a thousand schools and they're all there with like their SAB student activities board or whatever it's called at their school. And it's students and the faculty supervisor and they see you perform and you can kind of do whatever you want, but they do err on the cleaner side Mm -hmm. because they want you to like them. And then you can be a little bit dirty depending on the school. And then you get statements of interest and statement and offers from those schools. So it's like a big convention. It feels, it feels very college because then you go to the booth and wait. They come by and like they, you can kind of talk them up. And the big factors are usually price point and if the faculty like you. So 
students are students kids love comedy it's usually faculty that's like oh we we can have them but like they sent me three schools sent me a content letter and i messed with one of them because of it like Mm -hmm. because they told me they were a very catholic school (laughs) this is a joke i wrote just for them too i I said uh i understand you guys are very catholic school um that's like I get it. I understand. I understand. I understand. I understand. Uh, and uh, you guys are probably worried if like, some comic come here and make like jokes about like, you know, but I won't, I won't do that. I respect your Catholicism. I would never come to this school and make any jokes about condoms. In fact, me and my boyfriend don't even use them. Uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and so that school, the kids laughed and the faculty member was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And well, that's, that's, what I, that's what I love. That that's the I, that's the line I like to play with. Mm-hmm. So I don't think college kids are becoming more sensitive. It's just that, like John Mulaney said, it people don't want to pay Seinfeld and Chris Rock to do college shows. Like my, it's price point and a little bit of like uh, cultural pendulum mm-hmm. swinging. Cause that definitely happens like you come on stage if you offer up a premise that they're like that's kind of inflammatory as a comic you guys both know there's what you want to do is be like okay you hate the premise but let me tell you the punchline so you can enjoy it right you guys are like, oh no 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 you should have said what you said i'm like I know, you're right you're right you're right but just let me finish so i can make you laugh um so it's like a it's like a mix but i say it's 80 percent good the 20 percent bureaucracy but that's also like the industry right well, that's great, dude. Um, I uh, I really appreciate you uh, joining us today. We uh, we keep our episodes pretty short, but you guys um, are the best. I love yeah, it. It's fun, best. man. Jay Jordan, everybody, check out his album, Jay Jordan, y'all. Yeah. On <laughs> iTunes. And Say it again. Jay Jordan, y'all. Man, it's you can hear him put you all together as he <laughs> says it. You can hear him phonate both of those words. <laughs> I do not like the word y'all. It is crisp like a like an apple from Maine. It's just <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Look, Francis, first of all, I do want to thank you because you're one of the nicest people that has ever that I've ever met in comedy who's oh my also God. good. But people shit on Francis because they're like, oh, he's handsome. And then like, oh, he's got a bunch of followers. And then I, I love watching them see him do jokes and they go oh he's good oh wow this is nice this no is they just nice. get so mad because they have like the they go i know how he got those followers those shirtless pictures with those dogs and you'll be like nah that ain't it <laughs> <laughs> that that's the opposite in fact he wishes he could take those down because people are <laughs> it's hilarious yeah. Um, follow him, uh, Jay Jordan. Is that your Instagram? Sorry. Yeah, dude. you did it right. No, everything. I, I believe in awesome. brand uh, yep. synchronicity. It's Jay Jordan, all one word on all platforms. Hell yeah. Uh, check out his album and uh, watch his Fallon set too because it's spectacularly funny. For now, that's Oops the Podcast. Send us your mistakes, your funny stories from quarantine <laughs> to Oops the Podcast at gmail.com. Follow Oops the Podcast on Instagram. That's Julio Gallarotti. G, you feeling good? Feeling good, baby. Hell yeah, me too. Uh, Thanks, Jay. We'll see you guys uh, tomorrow. Thanks, Jay. Thank you, G.